Dynasty Blueprint with Matt Williamson and Ryan McDowell. Welcome into another edition of the Dynasty Blueprint. I'm your host, Ryan McDowell, joined as always by Matt Williamson. Matt, free agency is almost here. How's it going? Going well. This CBA thing needs cleared up, but I'm pretty excited for the kind of the calm before the storm, without question. Yeah, definitely, definitely ramping up lots of uh, discussion about all the possibilities. And, and it seems like there's more possibilities this year than ever before. Uh, and we've, we've got one of the best, one of my favorites in the industry to talk about all that. We've got Rich Rebar, Lord Reeves from Sharp Football Analysis. Rich, how's it going, man? What's going on, guys? I'm glad to be back on with you. You know, you guys sent me the show sheet and I saw this was episode 199. I almost wanted to cancel so I could be 200. Uh, I wanted to make it. I wanted to push back, but uh, yeah, you guys hit it hit on the head. Though we're finally going to get some actionable news a week from today because you know that legal tampering period starts. And if you remember last year, we had the, all the news that day. Basically, we uh, we knew where everyone was going. Basically, that first day of legal tampering. So we're going to finally get some actionable news and find out where some of these guys are going. Basically, a week from where we're recording this. Yep, yep, that's right. So the the new league year, at least. Pending CBA talks, we should cross our fingers and knock on wood and all those things. The the new league year is scheduled to begin August. No, I'm sorry. Whoa, way way off. March <laughs> March 18th next Wednesday, and then uh, prior to that, we have the two day legal tampering period. We all love that title. So next Monday, as as Reeves mentioned, we're gonna we're going to know probably where Tom Brady is going and. Uh, hopefully we we know about Dak Prescott and maybe Ryan Tannehill, maybe Derrick Henry, even before that coming up this Thursday is the deadline for franchise tagging. So those players who have been rumored to get a franchise tag, AJ Green is in that. Hunter Henry is one of those as well. We may know those, those uh, destinations, those landing spots as early as this Thursday. But we're going to go through uh, a lot of teams that have needs uh, at, at the different positions. We're going to look at some of the free agents that are going to be available, or at least could be available, and, and try to not necessarily predict the landing spot, but just talk about uh, what we what we want to happen from a dynasty standpoint. What what would be the best landing spot that is realistic for these different players? And we'll start with the quarterback position, if that's all right with you guys. Works for me. So I think we've got four clearly needy teams when you're looking at quarterback. We're talking about the Chargers, the Patriots, the Bucks, and the Titans. And of course, uh, the the Titans might clear that up later this week if they put the franchise tag on Ryan Tannehill. Several other teams who could open up. Carolina may be done with uh, maybe done with Cam Newton potentially. Dallas is out there. We think they're going to tag Dak Prescott, but uh, it's tough to give them credit for anything at this point. The Bears and the Raiders are in similar spots, and really the Colts are also in similar spots. They have quarterbacks, but rumors, if we're believing these rumors, are that they want to upgrade over those. So we're talking about Mitchell Trubisky, uh, Jacoby Brissett, Derek Carr, all of those teams, and, and that puts us up to nine total could be looking for new quarterbacks. So let's just kind of start 10,000 foot view, Rich, and, and you shared some of this already, the way you kind of expect it to, to shake out. Nine teams here. What's your first thoughts? My first thought is how many of these guys 
are we really expecting to be locked in to get starting roles? And we know Dak Prescott is one, and we know Tom Brady is going to be starting somewhere, wherever he ends up. But the rest of the guys, someone's going to be, when this musical chairs is done, a couple of these guys are going to be left out. I think at least one of them, potentially two. I think when you look at the Chargers, I think they're a team that doesn't go for agency route, having a veteran quarterback like Tyrod Taylor to kind of be a bridge year. They've got kind of a carte blanche to take a guy at six if they're if they if the rumors that they are really into Herbert that much, uh, they could bridge him, have Tyrod start the year kind of like he did for Baker, the you know two years ago. Uh, so I mean, and then Miami is probably the other team too that will go that route too and have Fitzpatrick just bridge whoever whatever direction they decide to go or you know fight through the season with him. Uh, but then other than that, I mean, it's it's kind of you know open game for everybody. Uh, you know, I think, but you you know you've got Teddy Bridgewater, Ryan Tannehill, and Jameis Winston. These are all guys i don't think any of us expect to get long-term deals even if they do get money you know up front i think we're expecting you know one to three year deals for these guys uh if it's not on some court some sort of tag they're basically gonna be in those prove it scenarios i mean Tannehill's gonna be 32 at the start of the season the other guys haven't hit 30 yet so there's a, a little bit of room there but they haven't really been guys that popped as you know true franchise quarterbacks so those guys probably aren't going to get those you know five-year type deals or long-term commitment from teams. So, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how many of these guys are actually considered starters uh, into the offseason. I would assume Phillip Rivers is probably in that boat too uh, with Brady and Dak, but uh, we have to see how it shakes out. I mean, there's a couple of wildcard teams I think should be interested in quarterbacks, but we haven't heard them really rumored anybody. Uh, there are two guys that have rookies, uh, one being Washington and the other being Denver. Uh, I don't think that either of those teams should be content with what they have, uh, no matter what they're saying. That's a great point on those two, because I don't think that's brought up enough that, you know, and, and the Bears are in that that vein, too, although I think we have a better idea of what Trubisky is, that bringing in a veteran for those teams makes absolute sense. And I like what you said before, Rich, that in, in the game of quarterback musical chairs, there's probably not enough chairs. Yeah, I think there's there's certainly not. And that's even before factoring in those other teams. You know, Cam Newton might. Uh, hit the open market if he is cut or or he's a potential trade target. The Bengals have, have basically already announced they're shopping Andy Dalton, uh, and and we know what they're doing at quarterback. And then we talked about Brissett and Carr, uh, who who both could become available as well if the Colts and the uh, Raiders look to upgrade there. So let's go back to the charges. And again, this is kind of what we want to happen, not necessarily a prediction that we're going to hold you to, Rich. From a dynasty standpoint, what what do you hope the Chargers do? Well, from a dynasty standpoint, I'm hoping that they do just go Tyrod, then rookie, because, you know, I've got a, a bunch of Tyrod Taylor in some Superflex leagues. I'd like to see him get some starts because he's nice. a guy that, you know, I picked up, you know, years ago for the, you know, little Konami factor. He's the guy that's shown to have a tangible, you know, fantasy football floor. So if he gets the chance to start, you know, the opening month of the season, because we shouldn't expect him to hold the job if they do go QB at six, uh, you know, we can, we can use him for a month in the streaming pile. So, I mean, uh, I do kind of hope that that does happen. I mean, maybe they even give Easton Stick a shot. You know, another guy has a little bit of mobility. Uh, you know, he's only 25 years old. They drafted him last year. He was pretty rough in the preseason last year, but maybe they entertain him in year two uh, if they don't go that route. But, yeah, I would I would assume that they are a team that goes draft over free agency, though. See, I kind of think the opposite. <laughs> and maybe I'm looking too much into the Russell Okun trade, but that made me think that they're going to get a premium left tackle with the sixth spot and – Trying to drum up interest, I could see making a push for Brady. I know they haven't been linked to them that much, 
But I would love to see Winston there. I could see Newton there. I think they're going to go O-line in the draft and try to get a brand-name quarterback. Because that offense is pretty close if you can complete the line after trading for Turner, drafting a guy. And I think they're closer to win now than, you know, totally take over mode. And, and maybe I'm reading too much into it. I'm just kind of getting that vibe from the Chargers. Uh, let's let's move over to New England, uh, Reeves. I mean, it would be kind of boring if Brady went back there, right? What what do you hope happens? <laughs> I mean, it's really like where else could really Brady go? Where he where is he? Where is Tom Brady an upgrade at this point? Outside of moving tickets and you know having you know buzz to the fan bases. I mean, forty three years old, coming off of you know just two years where he's it was in extreme decline. Whether you want to you know attribute that just out to supporting cast as well, the past two years what he's had there outside he's really just had Julian Edelman. That's really all he's had the past few years. I mean, even even counting the year before, Gronk was basically he was not the Gronk we knew on the right. way out the door. So I mean, where else can he go that he's an upgrade? And where else can he go? And honestly, where else can New England go to where you know someone like Julian Edelman retains any type of you know dynasty relevancy at his age? You know, he's a kind of part of this uh, commitment with Brady as well. Uh, I I find it hard to believe that he's going to leave. I mean, I see Brady and Belichick, and they just kind of seem like you know. They, they, they've, they've got an invested marriage. You know, it's not always perfect anymore. You know, it's not, it's not, you're, they're not in the honeymoon stage at all. So you're going to have these stories come out where they have a phone call that doesn't go off well. I mean, it's, they've, they've gone through all this before. So, I mean, it's, it's, I don't know. I mean, I have a hard time seeing him go. Uh, I definitely, I did, my thing is I just don't know where he's an upgrade. I mean, I, where is he an upgrade yeah. uh, over any of these guys? And that's my toughest thing if it, with it at this point. I, I, obviously, the storyline of the offseason is where does Brady land? But I think just as interesting is what approach would Belichick take to replace him? Well, the, I mean, the names we've heard, uh, and I'm sure you guys have heard them as well, Andy Dalton, Jacoby Brissett going back there. The, the names are not very exciting, honestly. Are you not buying, are you not buying Jarrett Stidham 2QB Superflex stock? Oh, I, I am actually, and, and I'm surprised. I'm surprised there hasn't been more talk about him. I I wouldn't expect Belichick to just roll with him though. So, you know, maybe maybe I should be rooting for Jacoby Brissett to go there and and flop like he did last year, and and then we see Stidham. But I, I'm with you. It's it's hard to see. It's hard for me to see Brady anywhere else. And and maybe that's just the past twenty years stuck in my head. But as Again, kind of being selfish here and thinking about my own dynasty teams, Rich, like you were. I've got Mike Evans everywhere. I've got Chris Godwin everywhere. I do not want him going to Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is the scariest team, I think, when we're in regards to what they do, because, you know, if they somehow get cute and want to take one of these secondary QB ones in this draft, whether it be, you know, love or Eason, uh, that's going to be an adventure for, you know, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, you know, shares I me mean, since 2001, there've just been four wide receivers uh, that have been top 12 in PPR points per game that have played with a rookie quarterback that has started six or more games. That's not great. That's not great odds. Uh, it goes up to just five players. If you knock that down to just five or more starts for a rookie quarterback. So, I mean, that, that puts a real damper if they go that route, if they get cute with one of those guys that have one of the big arms like Bruce Harry, 
a Bruce Arians type. I think it'll be interesting what they say, you know, if the rumors with Teddy are true, you know, there, because I'm one of these guys that believes kind of in the running narrative that, you know, you see these guys sign with teams that they torched the year before very often. Uh, you know, you know, t- teams see a guy up close and they go pursue him in free agency. You know, obviously the Patriots have done this forever with guys that haven't worked out, you know, like Mike Gillisley and, you know, uh, you know, other, some other backs that they've signed. But I mean, t- Teddy's best game last year was against who? Yeah. It was against the Bucks in the Dome. He, he threw for 340 yards and four touchdowns and roasted them uh, right in front of Bruce Arians. So, I mean, he's not an Arians type, uh, the archetype that he's typically had. Uh, but, you know, it would be interesting to see what happens there in that route. Uh, but we, I want them – I obviously want them selfishly to keep Jameis Winston because it's yeah. the best fit for both – for all parties, Jameis and, uh, you know, the fantasy stock for those guys. Maybe not the Bucks organization, uh, but that's that's what I, I would – that's what I would prefer to, to happen to Jameis Winston is him just stay in Tampa Bay. Yeah, I'd, I'd love I'm, to see him with the Chargers too. And he's fantasy gold. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that's that's why we that's why we want him to stay in Tampa Bay sure. with, with those two studs. Yeah, the Chargers yeah, would, the Chargers would be the next best uh it has an established offense. All right, so we're hoping Jameis stays in Tampa Bay. We honestly, Rich, it kind of sounds like we don't care about New England. And and really from a fantasy from a dynasty standpoint, that's probably the truth. I mean, Edelman is absolutely Edelman's still solid but i mean he is what he is at this point who knows about Nikhil harry and that's kind of it if they draft a a running back or a wide receiver really on day one or two i think we could see that player immediately becoming the most valuable dynasty asset on their on their team uh, which is pretty crazy well, who would you guys bet on being? We talked about there being an odd man out. So, if who out of Tannehill, Bridgewater, Winston are you banking on being the guy that is looking in? For me, it's Bridgewater. I like Winston still, but I could see the league just saying, I can't go down that road. I mean, I'd much rather have Winston than Bridgewater, but I bet the Panthers end up with Bridgewater and draft the guy next year. Something like that. Something boring. Yeah, I mean, Teddy is the kind of guy, uh, you know, almost in an Alex Smith-like fashion. You know, he doesn't turn the ball over. He came in. They're going to see that he spot started with 5-0. and That's going to carry weight, whether or not, you know, the offense was totally different with him than it was Drew Brees. And, you know, he doesn't have that high, you know, interception turnout to, to touchdown ratio. It's 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 very favorable. Um, but for us, for fantasy, I mean, it, it, we're selfishly kind of like that because he's never been a big fantasy producer anywhere. I mean, you know, even going back to when he was with Minnesota, I mean, he's a guy that's just got nine QB one weeks, uh, you know, in 34 career starts. I mean, so it's just not exciting for us, uh, you know. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I mean, he's the guy I think that can that can hoodwink, though, people into saying, like, I'm not going to lose with this guy. He'll be the reason I lose. For Teddy, I just keep thinking back to last year. He was he was hit free agency last year, and I know it's it's it was a totally different market. It, it feels like this year we're going to have a third of the league end up with a new quarterback, you know, by, by August or September, but he was a free agent last year. There was just no market and, and kind of walked, you know, kind of went back to the saints hat in his hand and, and took that backup job again. So, and and yeah, things have changed. The market is different. We saw those five starts uh, as you mentioned. So I I think his, uh, his profile is better, but it's still Still feels like he's going to be the the left out man for me. Uh, let's look at those other five teams: Carolina, Chicago, Dallas. Uh, we we know what we want to happen with Dallas. So Carolina, Chicago, Indianapolis, and the Raiders. Rich, do you are you hoping any of these teams take a risk and make a change from from their current starter? 
Um, yeah, I mean, it's just really interesting to see what happens in Carolina. Like, what's the route that they go? Obviously, with Joe Brady having, you know, a couple young playmakers, DJ Moore and his ascension, kind of seeing what happens there. Uh, you know, having a young tight end and Ian Thomas having a back out of the backfield that is you know, basically this era's Marshall Falk uh, and Christian McCaffrey. So, I mean, that's a spot. And then with the new staff, like I said, that's brought on. I mean, what Joe Brady did. Uh, for LSU last year, the, the what the way they changed the dynamics of that offense. I mean, he should, he gets just as much credit for Joe Burrow's ascension. Uh, you know, if you're after Joe Burrow, obviously we're going to credit Joe Burrow, the player himself, first. But I mean, he was, he played a big role in that, and we just don't really know uh, where Cam is at this point because Cam was a guy we always played for a fantasy sense. He had a high floor because of the rushing. Now he's you know 31. He's coming off of two surgeries, and his rushing was already kind of slowly chipping away of of decreasing. So we're just kind of in a no man's land where we could get excited for him is there some pizzazz the left in there with with this change you know he's got some playmakers but is he just the guy that's not going to run anymore and then we have to rely on his arm which was never something we had outside of that one mvp season so just that situation itself is very intriguing to see how it plays out and, and like you said the windfall if they were to move on from him where he would go next and we just don't know if he's healthy either so that's probably the situation that's the most intriguing the other spots are the other guys that are kind of involved here are probably guys that even from a fantasy sense are more or less like qb2 super flex guys you know the brissettes even Derek carr if something was to happen to him andy dalton if he ends up going to with bill laser and then starts midway through the year a la what ryan Tannehill did this year uh you know you're not going to be really excited Excited from a fantasy sense, you're just getting a starter like in the QB2 bucket. So, I mean, really, it just comes down to what shakes out in Carolina, I think, is the most intriguing of those spots based on the, the bodies that are left, um, considering the personnel that they have currently in place. Does Rivers to Indy move the needle for either one of you? I mean, I don't even know if that's an upgrade. It's not an upgrade for him, personally. <laughs> well, at least he's protected for once in his life, but yes. <laughs> I mean, that yeah. one seems like it's too easy to connect the dots, right? Like, it's it's just seems like such a layup that it's going to, like, it just seems like it's already in the bag. But, oh, uh, I think so. That happens, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, he's going on from Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Hunter Henry, Austin Eckler out of the backfield, even Melvin Gordon to a team that's got a, a declining, you know, T.Y. Hilton, you know, past his career arc, uh, and then, like, a lot of unknown playmakers in their, as they're in the receiving ends. I mean, and Captain Jack Doyle is not the type of tight end that – is we really get excited about. He's the guy, you know, he's going to catch it for seven yards and fall down the next two. Uh, so, I mean, uh, I, for Rivers from a fantasy sense, and he's a guy that's always been like a high QB2 with playmakers. He's just living that high QB2 land for fantasy with Keenan Allen and all those pieces we talked about. So him taking a hit uh, from a personnel stance uh, is, is hard to really, really get excited about. I think the only spot I would get excited for Tampa, it would be Tampa if he would go there, which seems like it's not really part of the equation now, but you never know. So out of all these quarterbacks that we've talked about today, Rich, which one is it come next Monday, come that uh, legal tampering, which one will you be watching most closely from a fantasy or dynasty standpoint? Oh, I mean, it's gotta, it's gotta be Jameis, right? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I mean yeah. it's, <laughs> that, he's the guy we want to see where he goes or what happens to him. That That's where I was going to go. I, I was hoping, uh, I was hoping I had some company with that one. No doubt. Um, I want to tell everyone about our friends over at Reality Sports Online. Um, you've already heard about them. I've told you about them before. It's a powerful fantasy sports platform where owners get to build and manage their fantasy team, just like an NFL general manager. But the question is, have you tried it? It's time to go see what all the buzz in the Dynasty community is about. Free agency, multi-year contracts, a rookie draft, multi-team trades, franchise tags, 
contract extensions, first-round rookie options, automated contract and salary cap functionality, and way more. Think it sounds complicated? It is not. The best thing about Reality Sports Online Fantasy Front Office is that it doesn't take any more time than a standard league. It just requires more strategy. Think you're among the fantasy elite? Well, this platform is here to test your mettle. Still not sure? You can test out your general manager skills for free in a mock-free agency auction. If you like what you see, use our promo code BLUEPRINT, all one word, to receive 10% discount on your team or league today. Fantasy just got real at realitysportsonline.com. Guys, let's move to the running back position. Probably, well, certainly fewer names here that we expect to change teams, but probably more dynasty impact. We're talking about Derrick Henry, Melvin Gordon, Kenyon Drake, Kareem Hunt as the headliners, and there's a handful of teams, maybe even more, that have a clear need at the running back position. Uh, of course, the, the good news for those teams, if they don't get Derrick Henry or Melvin Gordon, is they can wait until the draft and use that second or third round pick and and get a quality uh, option that way. So kind of like you were mentioning with the Chargers, Rich, these teams all have uh, all have options between the, the free agents and the rookies. Let's start with the Falcons. I think the the writing is on the wall here that they are going to be uh, saying goodbye to Devontae Freeman, a disappointing kind of end to his Falcons tenure. Do you see them chasing one of these uh, free agents waiting until the draft? I saw the list that they had uh, met with. It was nearly a dozen of the rookies at the combine in Indy. So that, that kind of gives us a hint what they might do. Yeah, this is going to be a real intriguing market because I think a lot of us are in the assumption that just the marriage of the Titans and Derrick Henry, they've created a climate where they're just worth more to each other. Uh, You know, the situation uh, in Tennessee for Derrick Henry and Derrick Henry being the type of running back for that system. So, I mean, I think that's where we look to see they could even on it. Maybe he's on the levy on belt. They just tag him and they don't worry about the long term contract. But uh, that's kind of a situation where it was almost like Zeke last year. He's just worth more of the Titans. The Titans are, are the one spot that was going to probably give him money. So now if you look at what what do we have left for really has a three down role left? What teams have three downs open? Atlanta? Tampa Bay, Miami, and is that it? Houston, Arizona, and uh, yeah, I guess we would technically have you know, Arizona, yeah, by default, you know, uh, because you know David Johnson's there under contract, but you know whether or not they decide to play him or do anything with him. Uh, so yeah, I mean we're really thin, and this draft is loaded, like you said. So I mean we're we've got another situation where we've got more bodies than opportunity again uh, at the position. So this is going to be real interesting to see how these all this shakes out. Um, and then there's a host of teams I think that we all know are going to be involved in getting running backs. It just depends. They're probably not going to be pursuing one of these big, big market guys in free agency. They're going to go the draft route, you know, the Detroits, the Seattles, the Jets, the Buffalo. Buffalo could be a team I think they can get in like on Jordan Howard or something like that. They yeah. should be a good fit uh, there and the Chiefs, you know, but they're not teams. That, those teams probably are going to go the draft or low level free agent instead of pursue Melvin Gordon. So obviously Melvin Gordon's the one guy we like really care about of pursuing Derrick Henry goes back to the Titans. Uh, so where can he go? And like I said, we've, we've kind of ran down the list. So Atlanta, Tampa Bay, potentially Houston, uh, and or the Dolphins, and we I think that we probably I don't know where you guys probably would agree or maybe you don't uh, that the Dolphins are probably a team that's not going to 
throw their money based on the way that they've taken this approach at a running back. It would kind of go counterintuitive to everything they've done so far. Right. Uh, so, I mean, yeah. So where, where, where are we putting Melvin Gordon? He's got to be in one of those teams, right? I don't see a good spot or a logical. If I'm the GM of those teams, even though I'm running back needy, I'm not banging down Melvin Gordon's door. I mean, why not just take J.K. Dobbins or whomever? And two other teams that I absolutely think will draft one high that are a little bit sneaky that we didn't mention are the Steelers and Ravens, too. And Ravens could be a great landing spot, but they're not going to be in the free agent market. Yeah, I think 49ers, too, will do be in the draft as well for a team that, you know, a situation that no one likes, uh, a team to go make it worse because, you know, Tevin Coleman has got one year left and Mostert has low-level commitment. Uh, Breed is a restricted for agent this year, and then we don't know what they're going to do with Jerick McKinnon. I assume restructure or try to move on uh, something that route. So they could be another team that could be involved with, uh, the, you know, in the running back market as well. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's I don't see, like, the free agent market, I just don't see who's really going to go after these guys, like you said. I just don't yeah. know. I just don't know who's going to really go after Melvin Gordon and give him, you know, $10 million a year right now. Oh, well, we, we already know he – was disappointed with his contract status a year ago. I think he's going to be dis- disappointed in his contract status again in a week or so. He, I, I don't know. Of course, we don't know what his expectations are at this point, but I mean, he's not going to get, certainly not going to get like top five running back money. No way. No, no probably way. not, probably not top, top 10. If you've got Melvin Gordon on your dynasty roster, Rich, where are you hoping he lands? I would, I would have to say, yeah, uh, you know, probably either Houston, Atlanta, or Tampa. Those would be you want to go to a good offense. Um, you know, preferably, I guess, out of those choices, I would say Atlanta, just because you've got uh, an offense that can probably still be high scoring, and you've got a non-mobile quarterback that is going to at least help the reception department. You know, we've already seen like Houston is not, you know, Sean, Sean Watson is a guy that is not pumping targets to running backs so far. We've seen it even with Duke Johnson in this year, and they got a pass catcher because uh, sometimes there's a chicken and egg argument with, with these types of quarterbacks. Uh, but, you know, um, Matt Ryan is a guy that will pepper the running back with some targets. So, I mean, I guess that would be my favorite spot, but I just don't know if they're going to be able to pay up. Uh, considering all the holes they have uh, on that Falcons team. It doesn't really – it's kind of nonsensical. That's what makes this all so tough. Um, but, yeah, I would say Atlanta would be the best spot for him uh, to go. And in in return, maybe you add Devontae Freeman to that list. I mean, he's not going to be as coveted as these guys because of age, but he absolutely could be on the move too. Yeah, yeah, I absolutely think he will be. I just don't think – I mean, he he's the kind of guy that – we might see training camp start and he's still on the street. That That's yeah, kind of how I view things. Uh, what, what about Kenya Drake, Rich? We saw him really play well once he uh, was moved to Arizona last year. We already talked a little bit about Arizona. They've got David Johnson. They've got Chase Edmonds. I don't, I don't think they view at this point, either of those guys as, uh, as they're starting back, which sounds so crazy to say, you know, at this point after, uh, after what we've seen from DJ, but do they try to keep Drake? Do you want Drake to stay there? Are you hoping he goes elsewhere? What What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think that they would love to keep him, and and I think they've made it pretty clear that they want to keep him. It's just that they've got so much equity tied into the position already, you know, with David Johnson's albatross contract, and you're starting to see the problem that these contracts that we talked about, Melvin Gordon, it's, it's going to be hard for him to get because we talked about Devontae Freeman's going to be cut. David Johnson was the guy that got big money before Todd Gurley. Now we see Todd Gurley's contract and how that is kind of you know hampering the situation in in LA now. Uh, so I mean, it's I mean, it, it's just hard for them to say. It's hard to say that the 
Cardinals are going to invest upwards of $25 million into the running back position when one, that system can operate with just about anyone. We've seen even Chase Edmonds plug in and have a, just a, a monster game against the Giants this year. But it would be it would be the best spot for him to stay, obviously, uh, based on how he produced last season. And listen, Kenyon Drake has been nothing but successful when given opportunity and him, having a team commitment behind him. It just hasn't happened all the way back from Alabama to Miami. But any time for these stretches of seasons that he's gotten where the team has leaned into him as the RB1, he's been really good. He's been, he's produced at a high level. Uh, we just need that commitment. So, I mean, uh, I guess that, yeah, Arizona's short story is probably the best spot for him to stay uh, unless, you know, he goes to one of those spots that we talked about. We know he's not going back to Miami, uh, so he's there off the list. Uh, so, I mean, you know, if he's the other guy that gets the fallout, he's just maybe he's just a cheaper version of, Mel, you know, of a team's not going to go high in on Melvin Gordon, but goes in low. Uh, on, it goes in lower for Kenyon Drake out of the teams that we mentioned. But, uh, yeah, it would be ideally if he stays, it would be the best spot probably for him. I 100% agree, and I like Drake as a player, but I think Arizona, we might be talking in the next couple of years that Arizona is an ideal spot for a running back. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, that's that's going. I think that's going to remain an offense we want to chase. We want, mm-hmm. uh, we want guys on our dynasty rosters landing in Arizona somehow. When we when we talk about where Melvin Gordon or or some of these other running backs will eventually land, the answer is probably just which teams are are the most poorly run, <laughs> right? That's <laughs> right. Like the, the Jets teams, last year, right? Yeah, those are the teams that are going to hand out contracts. Uh, and I don't know. Uh, looking at the teams on this list, maybe maybe that is Atlanta. If they can find some money, they probably can't even keep Austin Hooper, and they can't keep their defense healthy. So that's, that's a tough one. Um, well, Bill, O'Brien's gotta be, Bill O'Brien has got to be involved there. And yeah, uh, you know, Jason Light has got to be. <laughs> yeah. When, when you've got Bill O'Brien making the decisions, he's now officially the GM in Houston. You start maybe connecting the dots that maybe, maybe it is Melvin Gordon in Houston. Rich, let's look at the wide receiver uh, list. The The list of needy teams is a long one. I won't even mention it. It's, it's half the league who could at least use a wide receiver two or, or maybe even a wide receiver one. Let's focus on the top free agents available. We, we've already talked a little bit about Amari Cooper. Are we wanting Cooper to stay in Dallas? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, look at the magic him, him and Dak yeah. connection him and Dak have had. Why would we want to break that up? Uh, and I'm surprised Amari isn't treated with you know higher as such high regard uh, as some of the, some other receivers in the league. I don't think he's a true alpha receiver, but he's a guy that does everything well. He does you know just he does a good job at everything. Uh, and then you know since he's been with the Cowboys, 5.3 catches per game, 77 yards, almost a full touchdown per game. And obviously that's attachment to Dak. You know if he walks too, that also impacts Dak's projection as well. So we want you know him to stay for not only Amari purposes but also Dak Prescott purposes we hope that uh, they stay together but outside of Amari and what happens to him this is kind of similar to the running back layout it's a loaded draft class why if you're looking at a team that's thinking about signing Emmanuel Sanders Brashad Perriman or Devin Funches or Marcus Robinson like why don't you just go in the second third round and you know attack the position that way outside of you know maybe wanting a vet you can get something more immediate production out of uh, over a rookie but the rest of these names are not too intriguing outside of probably Robbie Anderson. Yeah, we we assume AJ Green as we talked about earlier will be tagged that that has been the report so most likely staying in Cincinnati. And then it, like you said we're we're dropping off quickly from Cooper to 
Robbie Anderson and Sanders and Perriman, Demarcus Robinson. So yeah, you're absolutely right. We we hear the numbers that 25 or 30 wide receivers are going to going to be drafted in the first uh, first two days, the top 100 overall, which is is just crazy. By the way, I can't imagine that would happen. But even if we have uh, even if we have 20, that just shows the depth of this class, and it's going to be tough for guys like. Devin Funches or, or even Emmanuel Sanders uh, to get a job, you know, this time next week, they, they might have to wait a few weeks, honestly, to see how, see how the draft plays out. Didn't Funches get a one year, $10 million deal like this time last year. <laughs> like that ain't happening. Well, we, we didn't think it was going to happen last uh, year. True. <laughs> right. Um, Rich, you're a 49ers guy. Do you want them to keep Sanders around? Uh, what do you think there? <laughs> Um, no, there's really no need. I mean, yeah. you know, credit to Manuel Sanders. I don't want it to turn out a, a negative, you know, hate Emmanuel Sanders thinks what he did at age 32, although it wasn't, you know, a fantasy league winning season, but to come off that Achilles at age 32 and, you know, have the season he even produced was really strong, uh, you know, from a, from a real football stance. Um, and he had some big moments there too, but I mean, they, just the direction they have, you know, they're going to get Jalen Hurd back. They've got to figure out what they've got in Dante Pettis. Um, and it sounds like they they made an offer to him and they weren't even close uh, money wise. Uh, so I mean, it's gonna be interesting to say. Um, I mean, like I said, if you just want to look at teams that he's torched, I mean, I like I said, I think it's it's, it's interesting to look at this dynamic. Uh, you know, teams that could use him possibly, like a team like the Saints, uh, where he can go and play. You know, on a one year deal, short term play for a winner. Uh, you know, he had that huge game against them. Uh, if the Chiefs were to let Sammy Watkins go, they're all they're familiar with him and what he could do. The you know, the Chiefs are obviously familiar playing him twice a year while he's Denver. Um, but, yeah, it's, he's I mean, he's going to be 33 years old. What are we going to do? It's uh, From a fantasy sense, there's just not a lot of buzz. And like you said, who's knocking on that door day one uh, on, a, on Emmanuel Sanders? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah he's, he's not going to be a priority. I think you hit on it that Robbie Anderson, uh, outside of Amari Cooper, is certainly the most intriguing uh player oh, yeah. he's had some some off-field stuff in his past uh the jets have tried to trade him multiple times the eagles have tried to trade for him multiple times if we're if we're to believe all these reports uh what do you see happening with him and what do you want to happen with him i mean we know what kind of fantasy producer he is and what he does for an offense even from a tactical advantage if he's not even a guy that's going to ever catch 80 balls a game it doesn't matter um you know what he does for an offensive system uh just in terms of what he opens up and unlocks for an offense is valuable to teams uh you know i don't know if the eagles the eagles feel like too easy you know with them getting deshaun jackson back you know maybe they just go d jackson rugs the pairing although rugs probably doesn't make it to 22 now at this point uh after the combine uh but there's a number of fits he got i mean i think you know, we'd love to see Kyler have a vertical target. He was stuck with all those slot receivers year one. Uh, and I know that's part of the concept. You know, it's all wide mesh in Arizona anyways. Uh, but, you know, to see him with, you know, a vertical target would be nice. Obviously, the Packers are a team that he, you know, would, would fit well, uh, fit well with, especially across him, a guy that can do it all on Devontae Adams. Um, Saints. Yeah, I mean, this, yeah, the Saints. Uh, I mean, he, he fits a lot of teams that need that vertical lid popper. And he's given us pockets of like elite production with limited QB play. I mean, you think of Bryce Petty, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Josh McCown, uh, you know, this, you know, Sam Darnold, rookie Sam Darnold, and then Mono Sam Darnold. Uh, you know, he hasn't, he hasn't had really steady QB play for a full season. So if he hooks up with one of these good quarterbacks at a good system. 
you know, we could be looking at a good situation, which isn't really the case, though, for, you know, year one free agent wide receivers. He's probably going to be more. We'll be hoping that he has maybe more like a he works out more like in a Brandon Cooks type fashion, changing teams than he would, uh, you know, someone that's going to be like a true alpha. Uh, but, yeah, he's the, he's the, the basically the guy we're all waiting to see. He's the he's the like guess prize jewel of this uh, this week, week free agent class. How about Sammy Watkins when he gets cut? Are you interested? Yeah, sure. I mean, but, uh, you know, look at Watkins now. He's what now? He's moved on. He's had three years in a row now with 700 fewer receiving yards. Right. We haven't seen that ceiling. That ceiling he's never regained. Uh, he gave it to us week one last year, uh, but then we didn't <laughs> didn't get it again. Um, and then there was also questions about, you know, motivation for Sammy Watkins after the season, right? Like it was – he kind of was sounding like he was going to take time off and not really know. Uh, what he was thinking about. So, I mean, that's another angle in play with him as well to see what happens if they don't work something out, uh, a restructure. But he yeah. would instantly go. If he was to hit the market, he by default. Pretty high on be, this list. He, right. he would easily by default be right up there. And that says a lot about the free agent, right. the free agent wide receiver group. Oh, you know. Rich, let's finish up with the tight end. And this, this group is interesting. Unlike the running backs, unlike the wide receivers, you don't have that that rookie class that people are uh, drooling over. You've got some nice guys, but we're talking, uh, we're talking day three and beyond for the majority of them. And, and, and those guys are just projects. We think Hunter Henry is going to be tagged by the chargers. And that leaves a couple of really just a couple of names. Uh, Austin Hooper of the Falcons or, or maybe formerly of the Falcons. And then Eric Ebron. The Colts have already made it clear they're they're done with Ebron, so he'll he will be with a new team. And it sounds like the Falcons have mismanaged the cap enough that they're not going to be able to keep Hooper. So I think both of these guys are probably moving on. And and with such a thin draft class, with a thin uh, free agent class, Austin Hooper could could really be the star of the next uh, week or so, getting plenty of attention from NFL teams. What do you see happening with him? What do you hope happens with Austin Hooper? Oh, oh this could not have played out any better for Austin Hooper. <laughs> this, yeah, right. the, interse- the intersection of the, uh, the remaining free agent class of tight ends, uh, Hunter Henry likely getting tagged, and this draft class. Uh, because the one position we've talked about there being, you know, that running back and quarterback there being more people for opportunities, that's not the case at the tight end position in the NFL. <laughs> a lot of teams need tight end help. Uh, so he is probably going to reset the market in a way, which is kind of interesting because he's not really an, an overall dynamic tight end. Uh, you know, he's more of in this, in the Jason Witten corollary of, you know, uh, you know, a val- he's going to rely on volume. He's not going to be a high touchdown uh you know, producer, he's, he's going to be more of a reception based player. And he, he's coming from a system that was probably going to give him the most volume, uh, you know, especially with, with them not going to have Mohamed Sanu in the fold again this year. So, I mean, he's going to get a bunch of money somewhere, whether that be from Jacksonville, from Cincinnati, from Green Bay, from Chicago. It'd be interesting if they try to double down after what happened to Trey Burton. Uh, and the same thing for Green Bay after they tried to what happened to Jimmy Graham, although he was you know beyond his career arc at yeah. that point. Um, Washington Redskins are a team that could easily throw money at Austin Hooper. Um, th- those are all teams he could fit. I mean, uh, he's he just it really worked out well for him in terms of a monetary gain for Austin Hooper. And we know he's going to keep that, you know, lower mid tight end value because he's going to get paid so much money. The targets will be there for him uh, to hold on to that. So, I mean, it just, it really worked out great for him. He'll be, a, he'll be the guy we look to see who signs. Ebron is a little more interesting. I mean, he, he flashed for us two years ago. 
Uh, we knew he was going to come down to earth last year. And then, of course, we didn't really get the, it, it crash and burned last year. But, you know, how much was that was just the overall situation, too? Was it was that just kind of something that propelled it, you know, and torpedoed it, the, the, the switch over to Brissett and the offense the second half of the year with the injuries? He's a guy that could fit in a couple places. He's another one of those guys, like I said, if you look at guys that have torched the Patriots, Eric Ebron, had a, he, he has a, a couple of monster games against them. Uh, he had nine for 105 and two when they met in 2018. Uh, we know that they are a team that has a huge hole. They couldn't even use their tight ends last year because they had nobody. And there, and you know, there's like I said, there's there's a host of teams that need guys uh, out there. We we don't know if the Colts like they can should they be content with Jack Doyle and Mo Ali Cox. Uh, the Steelers have really gotten not what they wanted out of Vance McDonald any of the, any of these years. Uh, he's 30 years old now. I mean, all I mean, there's a lot of teams that could use tight end. There's way more chairs than there are bodies for the musical chair tight end game for sure. And the second Hooper signs, I'm shopping him like crazy in Dynasty. I mean, if when his contract numbers come across and they're astronomical, please take Hooper off my hands at a at a, a inflated cost. Where Ebron could be more fantasy relevant than NFL relevant in the right spot. Yeah, I agree. You you look at this list and Rich named a lot of those teams that need tight ends or potentially could be looking. Not very many of them are, are very enticing from a fantasy dynasty standpoint. I mean, Arizona just never seems to use the tight end. Chicago botched the Burton thing. Cincinnati might actually be the best landing spot, which is kind of, kind of uh, surprising. We always chase those Green Bay uh, offensive offensive weapons, but I, I don't know. Jimmy Graham, nothing. Jared Cook was nothing there. Maybe, may, I don't know if it's a Rodgers thing or if it's a scheme thing, but tight ends just have not produced there for almost for the past 10 years, Rich. Yeah, I mean, they just used the top 75 pick on Jay Sternberger too last year. Um, a lot of these teams use top 75 picks on tight ends. Jacksonville took Josh Oliver in the second round. The Bengals took Drew Sample in the second round last year. Uh, you know, <laughs> these guys all were, these guys all had capital invested in them, and they're only in year two. They struggled to get on the field as rookies. I think all three of those guys played just around 100 snaps or, or fewer. Uh, so, I mean, do those teams give those guys an extended look? Uh, you know, it's remained to be seen. We don't know what Dallas is going to do. They've been kind of reluctant to lean on Blake Jarwin. I mean, Blake Jarwin was in this spot two years ago, and they kind of said, mm, I don't know, uh, even though he's been productive with his opportunities. Uh, so we'd like to see him get kind of fleshed out. The good thing about Blake Jarwin is Dallas has to pay so many other guys that, that he might just by default, like they won't be able to invest in another tight end. So they have to go with him. Uh, but he was in this spot a couple years ago and they kind of used the committee. So but I would like to see Blake Jarwin get extended opportunity. Rich, maybe a project for you and especially Sharp would be to uh... – Project the percentage of 10 personnel in the league next year. It might set new records with all the receivers coming to the league. Yeah, I, mean, I have to pull it up to see what it was last year. I mean, obviously, Arizona was a team that went 10 heavy personnel way in the beginning of the year, and then they, they really altered their approach midway through the season. You know, Cliff kind of talked about that just became what they had available personnel-wise. But they actually stumbled upon kind of rejuvenating Max Williams' career kind of yeah. um, outside. I mean, he's not a fantasy entity, but, uh, you know, he was he was a mauler in the run game last year, and the, he, he kind of was a guy that was basically working his way out of the league and, you know, kind of you know, worked his way back into a job now. So uh, he's not a fantasy entity by any means, but uh, 
you know, they ran into him as a productive player for what they were doing. But yeah, I mean, this, this receiver class and the amount of receivers that are on the field, I mean, just over the past two years, 75% of pass plays now featured uh, three or more wide receivers on the field. Four plus wide receivers were at an all-time high last year. So it's just transitioning. And we've seen that have a ripple effect in fantasy. I mean, if you look outside of the 2018 season, which is kind of an outlier for top wide receivers, wide receiver ones in totality uh, in three of the past four years have had their worst, you know, output of the decade. Uh, and you look at last year, if you didn't have Michael Thomas, none of those guys provided the types of advantages that you that you were getting from that spot. I mean, Chris Godwin was the lowest scoring wide receiver too in the last 20 years. Uh, you know, oh, wow. we're seeing more guys on the field ever, and it's starting to take away from the alphas, the true wide receiver ones holding an advantage on the field because everyone starting in fantasy lineups has a little bit of receiving production now because there's just more guys on the field, more guys getting opportunities than ever before. Uh, and we start to see that kind of dampen, you know, uh, the, the top of the position. Oh, it's good stuff. So Rich, is your, is your dynasty spin on that to go running back heavy? Uh, I'm still wide receiver startup, running yeah. back heavy, uh, rookie, use your rookie picks on running backs, use your starter picks and receivers for, for longevity's sake, unless you somehow, you know, you're picking, I think if you're picking in the top four, it's hard to not take, uh, one of those backs. Uh, you know, if I've got one or two, I'm, I'm starting with, you know, McCaffrey, Saquon, you know, and right. then I'll go receiver heavy the rest of the way. Cause you're getting a receiver as part of that running back anyways, but just for the career arc's sake, I mean, we're going, uh, rookie running backs, wide receiver startup. Love it. Sounds good. That's that's still where I'm at as well. Rich, thanks for joining us today with this free agency preview. I can't wait until next week, until this all uh, starts starts firing up and, and we're getting the alerts on our phone and checking Twitter and Roto World and, and everything else. Tell our listeners where they can find your work. Yeah, everything's at Sharp Football Analysis. There is no paywall at all this entire offseason. Everything I put out, everything I link on Twitter is no paywall. Everything you can just go and access. I've been really just building out the initial rankings hub before free agent starts. So uh, Dynasty rankings are rolling out all this week. Quarterbacks came out today. Early 2020 season rankings, rookie rankings, uh, all out there. Not just the linear list, but you know write-ups on all those players as well. So go check that out. And then all offseason through the draft until the summer, uh, check out everything because it's all accessible and open to everybody. Good stuff. Very good stuff. Thanks again for joining us. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next time with more Dynasty Blueprint.